Would you pray with me? God of grace and God of mercy, thank you for bringing us here together on this day. As we open our hearts to hear your word, may the written word and the spoken word lead us to the one true living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, this is a popular story within children's ministry, one we hear about a good bit in Sunday school classes and vacation Bible school lessons. We knew the kids, though they couldn't name Jonah, they did know about that big whale. And so we've heard the story from earlier. Storms were raging, the waves crashing. It looks like we may have a storm rolling in soon. And then, of course, you can't forget one of the main characters, the big fish. And so we hear about how Jonah ran. We hear about how Jonah fled. And yet, God was not done with this prophet or this city at all. We hear about how the big fish spit him out. And that is where the scripture that I'd like to look at today picks up. Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 and verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. So Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, 40 days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on a sackcloth. And so when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. And this is the word of God for you, the people of God. A city is saved, right? Jonah learned his lesson from his time-out session in the belly of the big fish. Maybe he learned and accepted that no amount of human interference will stop God. So he decided to go to the city and fulfill what God had asked him to do. He took his faithful steps into that big city, and he did what God said. Now, he didn't give much hope to Nineveh. Jonah simply proclaimed that God was going to destroy them in 40 days. Disaster is coming. And yet, instead of abandoning the city and running away, the people and their king turned to God. They changed their ways, and God saw their hearts. And the scripture says that God changed God's mind, the city was saved. 
This is our happy ending, right? Jonah finally did what he was supposed to do. He answered God's call, proclaimed the truth, and the whole city was saved from destruction. Great job, star on the chart. And this is where, as I grew up, this is where the Sunday school lesson, lessons and vacation Bible school stories kind of ended. Just kind of stopped there. Woo, it's all done. Everyone lived. The celebration of God's grace and mercy in second chances, not only for the main prophet Jonah, but for an entire city and all its people and all its animals. But as it turns out, there's actually a chapter four in the book of Jonah. One that comes with a bit of an unexpected turn. So I'll start with the rereading of chapter three, verse 10, and read through chapter four, verse five. So when God saw that the city that they had changed and turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is it not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from punishment. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city, sat down east of the city, and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. And so this, too, is the word of God for the people of God. And we are thankful for that word. But it's hard to sit with, right? Jonah's the main character. So is it right for you to be angry? Not everyone cheers when the city is saved. Jonah the prophet, the one the whole book is about, still struggles with who gets to receive God's mercy and grace. Jonah is the one who experienced God's mercy time and time again. He never ran out of second chances. That's why we ended up with four chapters of it. And he's angry that God is abounding in steadfast love when he was shown that love, that God is relenting from punishment when he escaped that. So much anger inside of him that he would rather die than live in a world where Nineveh and its people are spared and given a second chance to live. These were his enemies. Jonah did hate them. And in Jonah's understanding, they didn't deserve mercy. After all the turmoil and evil they had caused, it was good for God to wipe them out in his eyes. And now they get to live 
because they changed within 40 days, it's only a little over a month. It just didn't seem fair. And Jonah didn't want to be a part of that, of the people's transformation. In his mind, he could have saved his faithful steps and put them to use elsewhere if this is what God had planned. But then again, who's keeping count of the mercy God has shown in the characters in this story? A city who heard the warning once and changed their ways immediately, or a prophet who has repeatedly shown grace aboard a ship in the belly of a fish, a second chance to go to Nineveh, God's justice and mercy, the abounding, steadfast love, seeks life, is grounded in goodness, and gives grace to all. So God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? And instead of answering God, Jonah walks away. He leaves the city and sits at the border waiting to see if God will once again change God's mind, waiting to see if God's justice aligns with the one Jonah believes the city deserves. He's waiting for destruction and suffering. It's hard to come to terms with our feelings and our emotions when we feel as though God is not on our side on this one. Those faithful steps can paralyze us, and they can tempt us to take a different route. Sometimes we, too, are in a little need of a time out. Maybe not in the belly of a fish or the outskirts of a town. And we see later in chapter 4 that God did not give up on Jonah. He's still trying to show him just how mercy works in the outskirts of the town. Time and time again, God does not give up on Jonah's heart changing. God's justice and mercy, the love of God, will not abandon you. It may not be easy. It may not make sense to you at all. You may need a time out, right? You may be wondering if God is going to show up at all. But God will not abandon you. And so we, as the body of Christ, cannot neglect or reject our call. God places on our lives to continue to be a vessel for God to work in us and through us. It's not our place to judge who receives mercy. And thanks be to God for that. It is our place and our call and our, our identity found in Christ to love our neighbor and to love our enemies and to seek the goodness of God in the situations and realities within our world today. It is in our nature to celebrate God's grace and mercy, 
not only for our lives, but in the lives of others, including those we may not like very much, and even praying for those who may persecute. And even when it doesn't make sense to us at all, I'm sure many of us can testify to where there are times when the world just doesn't make much sense. May we spend our time with God, taking all our emotions to God, because our God is a God who meets us where we are and never gives up on us. May we be open to the transforming grace, opening our eyes to hear, to see, and our ears to hear, and our hearts to let grace guide our faithful steps. And as we are transformed through God's love, God has a way of doing that. So we are given a deeper understanding of God's justice in that. And we celebrate that which brings life, that which gives the sanctity of life to all. Let the destruction be not of people. May it be of our own anger and prejudices against others so that the kingdom of God reigns. May the calamity arise to the systems that are flawed, those that abuse and harm the vulnerable populations and those that are built upon power at the expense of others. And if you are unsure, go to God. You may not always get it right, it is okay to admit that you've got it wrong at times. Jonah was shown grace and given the invitation to change, as are we. God's grace doesn't run out. Remember, we are a people growing towards Christian perfection. And as we grow, may we not be idle or stagnant, watching from the outskirts. We must take our faithful steps in restoration of the city, of our community, and of the world. Let our faithful steps be grounded in God's love. Would you pray with me? God of grace, to you all hearts are open and all desires are known. And from you, no secrets are hidden. You know every thought, feeling, and action within us, and you meet us exactly where we are. And you love us as we are. We give thanks to you for all that you've given us, for the sunshine and the rain and the clouds that come. You bring new life all around us throughout our days, and it is a beautiful thing. And for the storms of our lives, we ask for comfort and peace within these times. The unknowns can be overwhelmed. There is sickness and there is pain and the things of the world that cause us harm. 
even when we don't understand in these times, we know that you are with us. And so we take this time now to lift up those named and unnamed in prayer.